you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Our next guests are aspiring Black visionaries from around the globe with deep understanding of how to overcome the racial disparity impacting them today. Welcome, Peter Gillow. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. I give our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business? Oh, well, my name is Peter Gillow. I, currently, I am the CTO and co-founder of Development. Um, so a little bit about Development. Development is a trailblazing 501c3 tax-exempt nonprofit organization that serves ambitious young Black people from around the world with a focus on college students and recent graduates who aim to positively impact the Black community, but lack the resources and support to, to do so. Uh, we aim to play a key role in driving the creation of sustainable Black personal, generational, and communal wealth. We accomplish this by empowering the next generation of Black visionary leaders to prioritize historically and globally conscious, community-minded entrepreneurship and philanthropy. Uh, through our commitment to re-empowering the global Black community, through historically-centered re-education that empowers aspiring Black visionaries to develop their world differently, we sustainably solve deep-seated historical knowledge and wealth gap issues caused by centuries of global Black economic oppression. So that's the development in a nutshell. So talk about how do you find your Black visionaries? Okay, so we find our Black visionaries in a number of ways. Um, uh, since our target audience are our Black college students and recent graduates, they have this uh, platform out there called Handshake, uh, which is connected to every uh, university across the, the country um, and in Europe as well. Um, so we have uh, various positions uh, on that platform so students can really browse if they're Black or of African descent. Um, they can browse Handshake and really look for opportunities and we would pop up. Um, we also advertise our programs on Idealist and all of uh, the major platforms out there um, for individuals looking for opportunities as far as internships or job opportunities. One of the things that really resonated with me in reference to your business model is about building generational wealth. And we know that is so important. So talk about how do you equip and help the Black visionaries um, aspire or really push towards that intergenerational wealth? So we have a Black Generational Wealth Workshop, uh, which is two parts. Uh, part one, we really focus on Black disparity and how to, to overcome it. So we invite uh, various organizations from different schools or just uh, people in general who have an interest in um, understanding Black generational wealth. And we walk them through the economic realities that future Black wealth builders face as far as uh, the current econ socioeconomic status of Black people. We then have a discussion regarding generational wealth and what it means to every single individual. Um, we also have a, a one-of-a-kind, unique um, wealth status survey um, that they fill out during this workshop. It's usually around three minutes, and it really gives them a sense of where they are on what we call the debt-to-wealth ratio. Um, and we look at the stages that we came up with, which are um, undebting, saving, 
investing um, and then really documenting um, your legacy and then doing all those things over again. Because if you enter each stage um, at any given point in your life, you will probably end up in another stage. So it's just constantly really doing that over and over again. So that's part one of our Black Generational Wealth um, Workshop uh, program. Part two really delves into entrepreneurship and how it is a viable career option for individuals who might face um, times where they might be unemployed and underemployed, Um, going back to that whole Black-white wealth gap. Um, So we give them um, tools and and, um, um, a worksheet so they can really think out their ideas and ask themselves those tough questions uh, as far as uh, what they can do with themselves or with their their ideas or the skills that they have that can be utilized in an entrepreneurial way. Um, after part two of our workshop, you know, like we we offer them the opportunity to incorporate they, their business. And if there are individuals out there who want to incorporate their business, we, off, we offer them um, incorporation reimbursement. Um, so, you know, after they go through part one and part two, um, part two more specifically is a solution to how to overcome this black disparity. We offer them the opportunity to really incorporate their business, um, for free essentially, cause we, uh, give them reimbursement up to $200. So that's, that's essentially how we, we solve, we inform, we solve that issue of, of black generational wealth. Um, by having a conversation about it, by providing them with the tools to to solve it, and the understanding that entrepreneurship is a viable career option, that that's something, and that it is something that you can pass down from generation to generation. Talk about why you started the nonprofit. Okay. Uh, well, my wife and I started the nonprofit because uh, we we graduated from top tier universities. Um, my wife more specifically graduated from Smith College and Ox- the University of Oxford. Um, and she was having a time, hard time finding a job. Um, so she experienced a long period of unemployment. Um, and then she finally settled on a job, which she felt as though she was very under- unemployed, uh, underemployed, I'm sorry. And at that point, we really wanted to dig into the uh, the research as to why this is what it is. You know, like we went through school, we thought like like everyone else, once you go to school, you know, like a job is just gonna be waiting for you once you graduate. That wasn't really the case for her. Uh, for me, I had, I had a little bit of a different story. I really got hired by a black entrepreneur um, who was in the uh, research field, and I happened to get my first job through her, and um, things were were excellent. But then I experienced once that research project was over with, I then experienced um, under what you call underemployment, where I was in a a space where I was looking for a job and and found it a hard time finding one. Um, so all those things really uh, fueled us um, to look at the the issue at hand um, and 
in finding that research, we said we needed to do something about it. We needed to inform those who might be going through college and once they graduate and expose them to the realities that they're going to be facing once they graduate from school. Um, so my wife and I created um, our flagship program, which is our consultantpreneurship program, which digs deep into understanding um, entrepreneurship, ancient African entrepreneurship, and looking at capitalism and where it is, um, where it came from, and what it is in our communities to the to this day. Um, then from there, um, uh, we created the Black Generational Wealth uh, Program, and then now we we are uh, jumping into another program um, that we called Alternative Career Services, uh, which is a, a program where we're inviting um, Black entrepreneurs to really come together collectively as a group and really talk about their ideas um, and, and we pair them with business mentors um, and um, experts to really take their ideas to the next level. Um, so that's, in a nutshell, that's where, where the idea of, of development came from. It came from um, our experiencing, our experience of um, underemployment and unemployment um, and the need to understand um, our socioeconomic status, where we are, and how to get out of it, um, especially through entrepreneurship. Fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Thank you, pandemic, because you allowed development to expand in areas that we thought would take 10 years to do so. Um, I feel like the pandemic really allowed us the opportunity um, virtually to connect with more people um, around the world uh, to help push our mission forward. Talk about funding the business. When you talk about capital, how did you fund the number? Well, we had a savings um, initially with all, every entrepreneur. If, if you don't really invest um, in your, your hard-earned money into what you believe, then um, it's hard to say that you're an entrepreneur. Um, so our savings, one. Two, um, we, we got the support of a wonderful foundation called the Linux Foundation, um, who continues to support us and is our number one supporter. Um, and over the years, as you uh, gain credibility, you, you use we, you know, as a nonprofit, um, you usually are opened up to more opportunities. Um, now we're funded by uh, a few banks, um, I believe Columbia Bank, um, Santander Bank, um, Kearney Bank at one point, and uh, a number of, of, of banks out there that, that are supporting us um, as we move forward um, with our agenda to really educate people on, on the topic of Black generational wealth and entrepreneurship. What was that aha moment, Peter, when you knew the nonprofit was going to be successful? Because that a lot of nonprofits, specifically Black nonprofits, are not super successful. Um, the aha moment was when we really understood uh, the foundation of what it truly takes to um, set up 
a prominent or thriving nonprofit. Also, all too often, um, people jump into this nonprofit world, and it's not easy um, without any solid structure in the sense where, you know, you have your books in order Um, because that's where most of the funding comes from. They ask for these these specific things. Um, And I'm so glad that uh, my partner, AC, is really on top of that because of her her background. Of course, um, she has over seven years experience in um, the entrepreneurial, not entrepreneurial, the um, nonprofit arena. So she had an inside scoop of, of what it truly takes to really survive in the non in the nonprofit space. Um, and the aha moment uh, for us was being ready for any and everything um, and not being afraid of, of people requesting things and actually delivering them because all of the tools were in front of us. Um, even though we thought they weren't, they were. Um, and that was the aha moment for me. Um, you know, once, once these funders were, were reaching out to us and saying like, look, we want to give you this funding, but do you, re- do you meet our, our requirements? One, are you a 501c3? You know, two, um, are you registered? Which state are you registered in? Um, three, how is this helping this particular state or region, you know, answering these hard questions and do you have the, the data to support the work that you're doing? Um, and that's another thing, just really knowing that, uh, realizing that we were ready is because we had all the, um, the information in front of us. Like I said, documenting everything. Um, we use survey monkey to really track things. So, uh, the world is driven off of data, especially in the funding world. And I felt as though we were ready because we had all the data to present to them um, the fact that our our programs work, our agenda works, and all we really need is your support to really continue to carry out and to expand. Um, I feel as though that's when I felt as though we were really ready. Every time they asked for something, we had it um, to answer your question. So what do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? Uh, capacity. At this point, I feel as though like we, we are in a stage where we need to expand our team. You know, we have a lot of requests. We have a lot of um, workshops. And I think we're, we're, our team is stretched thin. Um, at this point, um, we see the faucet is on as far as funding coming in. And we're just looking for those especially unique individuals out there who are willing to look at our mission and to help us carry it forward, carry it forward. Um, so, yes, at this point, it's just capacity, really looking at everything and, and, and expanding um, what we do to another level by expanding our team, increasing our team. What problem exists in the world today that you'd like to see? Um, the black, white wealth gap, I feel as though like that is a huge problem that I think that we need to just solve. Um, and understanding that we all have the mental capacity to do so. Um, we have it in our vision that we really want black people to know their history, know themselves, 
as a part of a collective global community that is empowered and responsible for identifying, defining, and solving its own socioeconomic issues through visionary entrepreneurship, wealth building, and philanthropy. That's our vision at development. Um, all too often, we, we lean on these crutches, crutches that are around us to really help us out, out of the situation that we're in. And we're telling uh, Black people, and we hope that they're, they're listening, to really pull themselves out of the position that they're in by really looking at their problems and seeing um, the skills, looking at the skills that they have um, to really pull themselves out of the situation that they're in, that we're all in, because it's a Black collective. Um, you know, like, they, when you look at the outside world, they look at Black people as a whole, you know? Um, just like if you look at someone um, with a Jewish background, you look them look at them as a whole, you know? Um, and... I believe it's time for us to really pull ourselves up by really looking at those issues and really coming up on, with our own solutions. Let's talk about legacy. When it's all said and done, Peter, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as, in, uh, as a spark. I want to be remembered as a spark, a spark where black people from around the world can look at this fundamental global issue at hand and say, look, we're coming together to solve it. So I just want to be viewed as a, as a spark in this, in this greater uh, movement um, to uplift every single black person, no matter where they are, um, around the world so that they're respected in a sense where, you know, if one person of African descent or one black person, let's say in Australia, is feeling the brunt of another race, putting them down, the entire world bands together to support that one individual. So, I, I see myself as a spark. So you talk about the um, wealth gap. How do you, the, the racial wealth, wealth gap, how do you tie that into other inequalities? Um, uh, the wealth gap essentially is, is, it comes down to, if you look at Black people around the world, socioeconomically, we're at the bottom. You know, and if you're at the bottom, how does the world look at you? You know, if you're at the bottom, how does the world look at you? And I always use this this um, example. How does the world look at a black person? How does the, the world look at a Jewish person? Jewish people have capital. Black people don't. If something happens to a Jewish community, they band together and best believe nothing else will happen to that community. Something happens to us, what usually happens? We believe in a system that is somewhat broken and the outcome is usually something that isn't something that we're looking for. You know, so I think that the black-white wealth gap is key because it, it, it directly connects to our socioeconomic status globally, 
You know, that black white wealth gap isn't just an American thing. It's a global thing. And um, that's why we tie it into everything that we do. That's why we talk about black visionary leaders. That's why we create this program that is um, has this Africana history context to um, where we are present day um, in our programming. We teach them of uh, look at things objectively um, so that they can make better decisions, because what better way to uh, build a future than than to just look at our past and say we're not going to make the same mistakes make same mistakes we made before so that that's why um the black white wealth gap has everything to do with what what our movement what is the best advice you were ever um the best advice i was ever given was to never stop if you believe in something to never stop, to continue to carry out that idea until people feel what you've been um, thinking or feeling your entire life. Um, Spirituality is something that I believe everyone has. Um, And even if they don't have it, they can feel it if you talk about it, if you preach about it enough. So to never stop. Peter, I'm listening to you and um, you and your wife, are you guys millennials or where do you guys fall in reference to um, generations? Um, I, honestly, I think, I think we're millennials. Um, I was born in 84. She was born in 87. Okay. Consider millennial. Right. So you guys <laughs> I'm, are I'm sorry. <laughs> now the, the, oh, no, no, no. That's okay. The reason I bring that up because I'm I'm listening to you and we have so many similarities in terms of um, both of us, what we're, our mission is about, um, you know, um, Black intergenerational wealth. The whole purpose of this podcast and the Mm -hmm. reason I yield the platform and it's across the Black diaspora. So we have very similar missions. And so it's really about mitigating the wealth gap in black and urban communities Mm -hmm. globally. And to hear you as a millennial, and then I'm a boomer, right? And it's so ironic that what you're saying and how you got to where you, where you're at, it's a similar path from the standpoint is when I went to college, it was the same thing. I was sold, and that was many years ago, was sold or or um, sold the same thing. Go to college, get a degree, going to come out, get the white picket fence and a lot of money. And that's not so mm-hmm. African-American. So I want to applaud you for what you and your wife, what you guys are doing. Talk about Afropreneurship and Afrophilanthropy. Okay, so Afro, Afropreneurship uh, is essentially what it is. It's African entrepreneurship, because I believe that everyone that's black is African. If you don't believe that, then I, honestly, something <laughs> something is wrong. Um, but um, I believe that, like I said to you before, entrepreneurship is a viable career option. That is a reality. I think that that's something that 
we don't really talk too much about in our community, um, that it's a reality. All too often we ask our kids, uh, what do they want to be when they grow up instead of what are your skills? What do you want to, how can you utilize those skills to take, um, take yourself to the next level? Um, instead of just getting um, a corporate job, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but getting a corporate job that really ends with you, you know, um, you can't really realistically pass on your position. Even if you became a CEO, you can't pass that CEO position down to your kids. But what you can do as, as a CEO of a company is pass down that CEO position to your kids. And that's that's the reality that we want um, our people to understand. And that's Afropreneurship. You know, really understanding that it's deeper than um, just entrepreneurship. It's about legacy. It's about passing it from generation to generation. So that's Afropreneurship. Afro-philanthropy is just giving back to the, the communities that we all are from. You know, um, we're, we're all from the black community. You know, no matter if you were pulled out of the black community, the idea is for you to give back to the to your people. Uh, where you come from at the core. So you can lift that next generation or that next person up. So in a sense that that is uh, uh, generational uh, philanthropy. Um, I just made that up, but that, but, but uh, generational philanthropy in a sense where it goes on and reinvesting back into our communities. So that's where those two terms come from. Um, and we carry out those two terms through um, all of our programming that I mentioned earlier. There are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. N name a brand or a business that's dominating and you admire and why. Hmm. That is truly a hard one. Um, brand or business that I admire. Hmm. I think you stopped me there. Um, <laughs> um, brand or business that I admire. Do you want that to be a pass? <laughs> yeah, we can come back to it. I really have to think about that one. And That's I'll okay. Talk to a younger you, Peter. What advice would you give to a younger you? Uh, I wish I would have. Um, I wish I would have understood um, the financial strain that I put on myself before I, I went to school. You know, to college, understanding uh, my finances. Uh, then at, at a younger age would would have put me in a better position um, in life. Um, I feel as though like really tapping into entrepreneurship earlier in life um, and being more knowledgeable about it, I think would, would have put me in a better position in life. Um, yeah, that's what I would have wish I would have uh, known when I was younger. Or my younger self. I want you to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. 
This person has inspired you so much. Name the person and what specifically, Peter, are you saying to this person? So I'm going to name the person empowered. (laughs) And uh, what I would say to this person is, um, knowing yourself, knowing your background, will take you, knowing yourself, will give you the confidence to walk into any room because you represent who you are at all times. I would tell this, I would tell empowerment that we're stronger together. I would tell empowerment to really invest in the land that we all come from. I would tell empowerment to really collectively, we need to come together and talk about our issues. Even though we think that they're different, they're all the same. I would tell empowerment, even though we we speak so many different dialects, um, there's so many of us in this world that we can really come up with a solution so we can all sit down at a table and break bread so that we can band together and become unshakable and have that unshakable pride and confidence in ourselves to really make a difference um, and, and change this world to our betterment. What is the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur? Uh, the biggest challenge is, is really pushing yourself to the next level every single day. You know, um, there are good days and there are bad days, but every day has to push you forward. Um, so, um, yeah, just really, really pushing yourself every day in and day out. And how do you do the hard thing? How do you eat the frog? How do I? I, I missed the last one. How do you do the hard things in business? How do you eat the frog? Well, uh, (laughs) you know, when they say pull up your bootstraps and and march forward, sometimes you you walk forward with your head down. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to walk with your head up. Um, And there are times where you'll pull up your bootstraps and you'll be moving forward with your head down because the task at hand is, is that hard. And there are times where the task isn't that hard and you can pull up your bootstraps and walk with your head up. Um, but all the while, you're still moving forward by walking. So, yeah, the, the idea is just to just to walk. No matter how hard or how easy it is, the objective is to move forward. Peter, at the top of this interview, you had mentioned um, basically your ideal client or the individuals that are enrolled or should enroll in your classes, basically um, those individuals that are um, in college or graduating from college, that have graduated from college. Someone is listening and they would like to be a part of your program. Is it a prerequisite? Do they have to go through an application process? How do they connect with you to 
find out more and how to get involved in your program? Yes. So we have three programs. They're all on our website. If you visit uh, www.development, just like it's spelled D-I-F-F-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T.org, and you'll come across, I'm I'm not sure if there's an opportunity for us to drop that in the chat group. Um, but there, there are three applications on there that people can really get involved um, in our programs. If they want to get involved outside of our programs, they can definitely contact us. We do have a contact page on our website. Um, or they could DM us or um, get in contact with us on social media. We're on all platforms. So don't hesitate to just reach out to us. There is an application process, um, especially if you want to um, participate in the consultantpreneurship program, which is our flagship program. There's also an application for alternative career services, which is another program. And the Black Generational Wealth uh, Program is something that, you know, there's not a formal application process, but you do just need to sign up to let us know that you want us to, to carry out that workshop. Um, at your school, at your church, or even, you know, we're, we're open to um, doing group, um, I guess, group program or group workshops um, at home. Um, I know we got a number of requests from individuals who wanted to do the workshop with their families. Um, we do. We're open to that idea. What is your biggest achievement so far in your business? Uh, biggest achievement is, is surviving uh, that five-year hump. Uh, all too often, um, just businesses in general, they don't make it past five years. So we're over that five-year hump. Um, it was a bit shaky before that those that fifth year, but we made it over that hump. And at that point, you know, the clouds are clearing up a little bit. Um, we have a, a solid name um, and we have the, the data to support what we're doing doing um, solid data over the course of um, six years. Um, This information can be put together and presented to anybody that's willing to support us. So, yeah. Who are your top two influencers? Some people call them mentors in your life and what lessons do they? Oh, so I believe our number one mentor is my wife's father who is um, a Pan-Africanist and my father, um, who's also a Pan-Africanist. But more specifically, he's very entrepreneurial. Um, He came up with so many entrepreneurial ideas. There has never been a a day that he hasn't come up with an an idea that he believes he can take to the next level. Um, So I believe my father and her father being the Pan-Africanist that he is, um, really those two things combined um, really are, are what are the are basically the foundation of, of who we are as people, my wife and I. And, and the reason why we, we analyzed um, the realities that we have faced and we came up with a solution to really solve um, those realities uh, for ourselves, but we feel we felt as though like those realities go beyond ourselves, and 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 every student or individual in this world, black individual, is going through the same problems that uh, we we have gone through. Uh, 
talk about marriage, managing a business, and you're working together. Uh, I'm being honest with you. It's tough at times. You know, like it's it's tough to separate the business from um, our personal life uh, because we have so many things that we have to juggle. What keeps us grounded is that we have a daughter. You know, um, and she she you really have to focus uh, the attention inward um, in the unit, um, which has has helped us a lot. Um, But, yeah, it's very hard, um, I I say, to balance the the two. Um, But I I feel as though over the course of three years, we came up with a structure in a sense where um, we have a cutoff time, you know, Um, and once we cut things off, unless it's uh, absolutely uh, important for us to continue. Um, we have a cutoff time and we have family time. And that's where we're at now. We, we enjoy each other. Um, as of recently, we have our weekends back. Um, as an entrepreneur, you know, the work never stops. But I feel as though now we've gotten our business to the point where we have our weekends. And we can really enjoy each other. We can go out and, uh, and enjoy our daughter. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, the way you guys have structured your business, Peter, which one is apt to literally stick with the plan and cut it off and which one is going to drive past those boundaries? I'm sorry. Uh, could you repeat the question? Right. So you and your wife both are managing the business. You're the CTO. She's the CEO, correct? Yeah. Yes. And so you talked about the boundaries and yes. that you guys have set specific time frame. Yes. And so based on the way you've managed the business, which one in the management is really apt to stick with the boundaries and which one will drive past the boundaries or well, are you both? Of course, of course, of course my wife is cause she's CEO. CEO is a different position from CTO cause CTO is, is really everything that's technology based. Um, I'm really on top of, but CEO, she has her hand in technology. She has her hand in, hand in programming. She has her hand in every single aspect of the business, which is, uh, which is, uh, to be honest with you, the toughest position to be in. Um, and that's why I am, sometimes I, I look at the amount of work that I have to do and the amount of work that she has to do. Because at the end of the day, if anyone drops the ball, who's responsible at the end of the day? The CEO is responsible. So I know that at times, um, and we have this conversation a lot, at times, there, there may be a moment where we have to push the pedal forward, and she's usually the one driving that. Thank you for being so authentic with <laughs> What is one valuable lesson you wish you knew before starting your business? Um, valuable lesson. That is not easy, you know. Um, I wish that uh, the valuable lesson is that you have to push past your fears um, in order to take yourself to the next level. Um, all too often, you know, like I, I felt as though, like in the beginning, 
um, you're, you're, you're scared, to be honest, you know, and it, it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of encouragement. Uh, I'm lucky enough to just have a wife to really encourage me <laughs> and I encourage her. Um, but it's just, we bounce off of each other. So yeah, just uh, prior to it, I, I feel as though like really understanding how hard it is to really break through. But once you do, I'm telling you on the other side, it, it, it's very, very bright. And there's nothing like being in control of your space. Um, um, but prior to getting to that point, I would tell the the the, the me, um, I want to say the me four years ago or three years ago um, that to, to keep pushing because I, th- I feel as though like now I'm in, I'm in a different space I'm in a different headspace um, speaking about entrepreneurship and how challenging it is talk about that moment in business where when you talk about that breakthrough, give us a story and a real insight in that moment. Um, so as of recently, um, we, we came up with a campaign um, before I think the new year. Um, uh, we really, uh, we would just, we were dealing with our social media haphazardly in a sense where we didn't have, um, we didn't understand the depths of social media. And I feel as though like after this year, um, we actually, we tapped into our network. Um, and we got this wonderful, wonderful volunteer who is an amazing marketing guru who gave us this brilliant idea of, of steering, she looked at all of our work and she said, uh, essentially what you're trying to do is um, steer your black. So we came up with this amazing hashtag called steer your, well, she came up with this amazing hashtag called steer your black. And to be honest with you, um, we I put it in every single aspect of our social media. And I see people gradually picking it up, you know, and I see the movements going on. I can see people are receptive to what we're doing and having this social understanding, the social media understanding of the magnitude of our work. Um, I felt as though like prior to this year, we, we definitely struggled um, with the world truly understanding what we do, um, especially on on the, um, the surface level of social media. Um, Cause uh, in my opinion, social media is very surface, um, but it is an avenue to really increase your reach and you have to understand it and you have to break through it. And I feel as though like we've, we've gotten to a point this year where we, I feel the, the breakthrough. I feel that we're, we're growing in that arena and um, the content that we're creating is, is, um, directly connected to everything that we're doing. I feel as though like uh, the content is endless, um, in my opinion, instead of it just being limited to what we offer, which is our programming, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's a moment to me where I feel as though uh, I, 
I can feel a breakthrough um, because, like I said, it's using what's already out there to really build uh, your audience um, and push your agenda. And I feel as though that that's where we're at now. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What can we do to support your nonprofit? Well, you can support us in, in, in many ways. Um, one, I always, you know, I, I fall back on this. You can you can always donate. Um, but like I said to you before, donate is just one level of support. Um, there's another level of support where you can spread the word. Word of mouth is much more important than just giving us a check or a donation. Um, the more you spread the word, the more people know, the more people do things about um, this change that we all seek. So uh, word of mouth, telling somebody about development is, is definitely um, something that any and everyone can help us with, um, as well as informing everyone's audience or your audience about the programs that we offer the youth because they are the future. Um, and they need to understand this information because they are, they will be the next generation entering into the real world. Um, no matter if they're in high school or college, because after high school, the next step is college or the real world, either, or the real, the real world is coming and, uh, they need to be informed and equipped to really face the realities that are coming. Um, and not sugarcoat anything like, okay, everything is going to be good when they, when, when they graduate from high school or college, it's not, but equipping them to be prepared, to be very strong as they enter into the real world. So I would say the least thing would be to, to, to give us a donation. Um, the best thing would be to just spread the word. Um, and, 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 if and like I said, spreading the word will take us much further than just the donation, and also making us aware of opportunities because we know that individuals might not have it, you know, just but they know of an opportunity where we can really take advantage of because that opportunity is there for nonprofits to take really take advantage of. So really exposing us to opportunities that are out there, um, and spreading the word. Those are the 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 primary. And, and then, you know, the last thing will be to just donate. Peter, what is your zone of genius? <laughs> My zone of genius. Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, at this point, I don't have a zone. My genius is all around me and everything I look at, everything that I do every person that I come in contact with, every conversation that I have, um, I'm in this constant state of flow um, of genius. And I want the genius to come out of every individual that I come up, come in contact with. So I think it's, it's fluid. <laughs> I, I don't think that there's a level. I think that I'm always in a constant state of um, a genius mindset. What is your weakness as an entrepreneur? My weakness as an entrepreneur is, is um, <laughs> um, my weakness, I want to say 
sometimes I feel as though like I stop, even though I should have kept going. And I feel as though that's a weakness. I'm trying to push past that. But then again, I fight with myself because when is it ever going to stop? I tell myself, when is it ever going to stop? You know? Um, and then when I do stop, I, I, I find myself like, oh, you really should have kept going. So I feel as though it is a, it's, it's, it's my strength and my weakness at the same time. Peter, talk about mental health and managing your business. Oh, I'm telling you that their mental health is key in managing a business. Um, I feel as though like my wife and I, we both have an incredible amount of faith. Um, and you need that, especially as an entrepreneur. I feel as though my mental health, I always reflect and I always pray, um, you know, to the gods um, about the next move and the decisions that I, that we have to make together as we move forward with this business. Um, I feel as though like I'm always in a constant state of prayer because believe it or not, half of the time, I don't know how any of this stuff is getting done, but it gets done. Um, and I'm be honest with you, time, there have been times where I called myself crazy. You know, um, not crazy enough to really hurt myself, but crazy enough where I, I feel as though like, why am I doing this? Um, why am I putting an incredible amount of pressure on myself? You know, I shouldn't do that. But I feel as though once I, I get past that and that requires prayer, once I push past that, I feel much stronger on the other side. So mental health for me is key. And um, my advice to anybody out there is to just, if you're taking this entrepreneurial journey, continue to pray, continue to push the needle forward because that's all you really, honestly, that's all you have. You Sometimes you just, you don't know how things are getting done. You just get on your knees and you put your hands together and you just look up and you say, look, I'm putting my best foot forward. God, wherever you are, please help me. <laughs> um, and as long as you got that, I think you're in a good place. What does self-care look like to you? Self-care is, um, I guess, you know, like hygiene, <laughs> uh, hygiene, um, exercising. Cause, uh, my wife and I, we exercise all the time. Um, we actually got a membership at this 24 hour fitness place so we can go there at any time. Um, and I, I believe that, uh, exercising is a, is a key component to mental health. Um, it's a nice way of, of really getting this stress and this energy off of you, um, by, by exer exercising and making yourself, uh, more healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I, we exercise. Um, we go out, we go on walks together. Um, just before this, this call, we, we actually walked to Whole Foods up the street and, uh, we walked back with our daughter and, um, but yeah, just exercise. I, I want to say exercise and, and, um, hygiene. Um,
Peter, what is your purpose? Why are you here on earth? <laughs> I'm here on earth to, to be a disruptor. I'm here on earth to, my purpose is to get individuals or get black people, anybody that I come in contact with, to tap into their creativity. Because man was created out of the mind of God. And in order to get as close as possible to God, you have to tap into creativity. Um, and I believe that my purpose here is to really tap into that creativity, look at the realities that I face and my people face, people who, who are of the same hue as me, and really come up with a solution to really catapult everyone to the next level where we can become a world power, you know? Um, at the end of the day, I, I just want us to become a, a world power instead of us relying on everyone else to help us. Um, and I feel as though that is my true purpose, which is why our mission is what our mission is and our vision is what our vision is and, uh, and why I work day in and day out to really carry out that vision. Um, because if, if we carry out our vision and I tell our students this all the time, if we carry out our vision, then I will be elated to shut down development. But until this vision exists everywhere, then there is a need for development. Peter, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question that you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. <laughs> um, how will you get every Black mind from around the world to think on one accord and and I, I believe the answer is um, it's, it's a spiritual answer and I feel as though honestly the answer is going back to the continent into the depths of the village and pulling out every single chief that is very close to the spiritual God and coming up with a solution and praying for every living black soul on this earth. I, I think that that, that um, and like I said, that, that that is my only solution to that question because I don't know what else we could possibly do you know we have programming we have information we have everything is there but i think that um it may take something very uh, take something deeper than that to really heal every black soul on this earth peter we've come to the part of our interview it's called rapid round of fun 
I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I like you to give me very quick answers. Okay. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are okay. you ready for the rapid round of fun? I'm ready. Your favorite color? Black. Your favorite holiday? Um, holiday. Hmm. <laughs> um, Black History Month. Your ideal car? Ideal car. Um, pass. Your first job? Um, pass. The last movie you saw? The last movie I saw. Um, I don't, I, I saw a series. So I'm, so I'm trying to figure out a movie but the series was them um but movie movie i saw hmm. i can't recall the last movie i saw to be honest with you you relax doing what um watching watching a, uh, a series your favorite singer or rapper my favorite singer um well, it's a group. It's called Kokoroko. They're from um, the UK, but they're based in, in um, Ghana, I believe. Um, it's a jazz band. Your favorite dance song? My favorite dance song. Hmm. It's Mapula. Um, it's a South African song by um, Mapula by Undisputed. What food you eat every week, no matter what? Boiled eggs. <laughs> Your favorite month? My favorite month is, um, I want to say May. Workout or hit the couch? A workout. Peter Gillo, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast. Before we let you go, Share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you. Feel free to leave all your social media handles. Okay. Oh, the best way to contact us is via email at inquiry, that's I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y, at development, that's D-I-F-F-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T dot org. Or you can catch us on every single social media platform at development, just like our name, D-I-F-F-V-E-L-O-P-M-E-N-T. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. That's a wrap. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Bye. -bye. Bye.